This week's episode of the Star Wars Report is brought to you by the good folks supporting us over on patreon.com slash starwarsreport. Let's do the show, folks. Come, come, come. And who might you be? It's the Star Wars Report. Star Wars Report. Woo! Star Wars Report. The place for Star Wars news, features, interviews, and more. Then we can do something epic. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Please delete as appropriate. Force. It's calling to you. Just let it in. Well, it's that time of year, folks. It's the uh, reason for the season, if you will. It's Star Wars. Well, wait. Oh, there isn't a Star Wars movie coming out this Christmas. Makes me sad. But you know what makes me happy? Uh, doing the Star Wars Report podcast. Hey, everybody. I'm Riley Blanton, the host of the Star Wars Report podcast. Welcome. Come on in. This episode... What the heck episode is this? 320-something? 328? 327? See, I Thank you, Mark. This is why we keep you around. Mr. Mark Curlin, our fine co-host for the podcast episode. Mark, how... And the hot ham sandwich, are you? Well, your resident thing, too, is doing great. I'm yeah. uh, nice and toasty. Got the heater blowing on my toesies. Got my Darth Maul fleece blanket wrapped around my hands. I'm pretty good, man. You're Dar- you, you have a Darth Maul fleece blanket? Yeah, I like it. It sounds nice. so cozy. soft and fuzzy. Yeah, usually, everybody thinks it's a couch cover. I got it on the couch behind me normally, all laid out so I can see Maul in his glory. Mm. But, no, I was like, man, it's cold down here. I, I've got a thermometer somewhere on my desk, but I, I've, got a, I've got a shelf i got to re-add because you know, I've got a collection starting to happen on my desk. And that's mm. starting to, you know, I can't find That's anything. not where you want the Kinect collection. I've got, I've got six inch. I've got micro machines. I got tops cards. I've got a BB-8 from Spiro. I mean, I it's all over the place, man. I'm I'm drowning in Star Wars. Mm. Yeah, no, <laughs> it's not a bad problem. It's uh, well, there are worse problems to have, but you want to keep those those things organized, right? Mm-hmm. Especially the, there's going to be presents and gifts and stuff, and it's it's hard to keep it all keep keep it all together. But you know, well. You know who is good at organizing things, though? Mm-hmm. Uh, the fine folks me. over at Disneyland, man. They can change up things in a heartbeat. Oh, let's talk about it. We have something to report. Yes. Yes. Delta, I have the news. Data brought to us by the Botany Spies. We can send a clear transmission. There it is. Listen, listen. Uh, that's right. It's a Star Wars Report podcast, which means it's an update. <laughs> on, I can hear it. On Galaxy's I can Edge. hear the background. Can you? Yeah, the I roar know. Of, the roar of an engine? Uh man, yeah. So straight from uh, Traction Magazine, um, th- we have pictures. I saw pictures of this on social media earlier this week. But we have the Falcon, the completed Millennium Falcon, or at least it looks pretty much c- pretty darn well complete from s- these new aerial photographs. Um, done at Galaxy's Edge, and it looks amazing. Oh man! Did you now? Now, Heli guy on Instagram is the one that sent the original shots. Yeah, I'm but did you at see here. this shot from the ground level view, looking up over the the spires? I mean, whoa, that's glorious! Yeah, what that's the official. Op. They have a, a yeah, an official Disney photo kind of shows just a little peek, little 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 taste of like the very front edge of the cockpit and a little bit of the the uh, side of the Falcon with the with the spires in the background uh and it looks 
fantastic. I mean, I expected it to look fantastic. But oh, Disney has some other like official photos too. Yeah, holy we got cow! Hallways, uh, first order hallways of the base. We've got what looks like a, a possible generator room. Yeah, or maybe look. a maintenance bay. There's uh-huh. a hallway going into the base. It also looks like the windows, while they look like they're clear from the outside. It looks like from the inside, you get to see the ride, um, which which goes to the theory of a, what was it? Maybe even just last episode, where we were talking about how you know you go in and it's in that circular pattern, maybe, and, and you go into a cockpit that moves along with the ride, which would explain why the windows look opaque from the outside, but you get the full meal deal on the inside. I mean, oh, Ooh, oh man. I like it. Those I'm, those mouse cateer engineer guys, Imagineers, yeah, or whatever. Mouse, mouse Imagineers. That's what they're oh. called. Mouse Imagineers, right? Is that <laughs> what they're called? Um, I'm looking at these. Yeah. So my favorite. I really like the official Disney photos because it gives you a much better kind of vibe from the ground view of what it's actually going to look out look like. But it is cool to see it finished from the air. Which so you, know, you see the third, the which, third by the way, shot after the Falcon uh, cockpit, right? The one that's got the the arabesque over the arch. Uh, yes, and so this is the Rise of the Resistance experience, the like where you go on a mission uh, against the First Order. And uh, this is straight from Attraction Magazine's quote, we presume that this area, pictured above, uh, will be at or at least near the entrance of the attraction. Using the Star Wars language translator, we are able to say, spell out, Savi Son Salvage. We assume that the three stands for and... Or so savvy and son salvage. Is that like a, is that like a reference to the what? What's the t- what's what's the old TV show? Oh, it's droids. N- n- no, that was the old TV show that would be on TV Land. Holiday special? No. No, no. The, it was an old, not Star Wars. Oh, Hel- Sanderson and Son. Yeah, Sanford and Sons. Sanford and Son. It's called Savvy and Son Salvage. I mean, come on, that's pretty close, right? That is pretty close. Well, what interests me is is the overall bay that kind of extends out of there. It looks like a little roof or a shade bay, right? When you look at uh, one of the first shots from the Instagram account from the Heli Guy, you can see that shot. It's, it's actually the first shot in the article. Um, you can see that. And I, I, was, I thought originally that that wasn't going to be completed structure. I thought that was hiding something. But now to realize that's the completed structure, that's interesting. Because that gives you more of an idea that that actual picture, that first one, there's a lot more of that complete than what you really think. Because that is going to be a complete structure when it's all said and done. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about it that way. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's very interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, and let's see. Do, 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 do. I bet that's going to be the queue line, man. That that. I bet you you'll have poles there and you'll zig and zag in there. What yeah, do you think? I'm sure. And that's the thing that Disney's gotten really good about is making the queue lines actually inter- interesting and entertaining. So that if you're waiting an hour for a ride, you're not just literally doing what the current setup is at Star Tours, which is just looping back and forth and looping back and forth. And like, there's a few yeah. good, cool things to look at in line for Star Tours, but nothing to actually like do and occupy your time with. Whereas, I think Indiana Jones and maybe the Haunted Mansion are probably the two best ones that I've been to with the way they utilize the wraparounds. Yeah. I think, uh, Pirates of the Caribbean isn't I so think, great. I, I got to agree with you. I think the best example of it is the new Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. They literally uh-huh. have like mini games um, on like giant touch screens and really cool. It's just beautiful interior and really cool designs. So it's like the, the, a story unfold. The Snow White story unfolds as you go through line. And it's really mm. cool. And, and yeah, like the Toy Story uh, shootout one. That one too is kind of interactive. Yeah, yeah. To see uh, Buzz and Zerd. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I, that's I, I look at that one shot where you see the the Savvy and Son Savage. 
salvage. Yeah. I, I see that being the entrance to the right. I could be totally Dude, wrong. Think about I, just think about it. It will be six months. Yeah. Probably about six months before this place is opened at Disneyland. I can't that seems wait. Like an epic amount of, of uh, short space, right? Uh, that that seems like you see those aerial pictures, and it doesn't feel like it's only six months away from being done. I would think at least another year, but again, a testament to how fast these moving. guys. Well, move, you've how seen organized how organized they are. It's <laughs> insane how fast this stuff has been coming up. Anyway, it's ridiculous. <laughs> I love it. It's 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 crazy. But yeah, the Falcon has landed at Disneyland. Uh, yeah, the other thing that's uh, shooting out rapidly is news on the Mandalorian. The uh, Ma- we've had two casting announcements last month, and we got a third one this month. I mean, what do we know, Riley? Uh, Nick Nolte is what? the late. <laughs> I know, right? Wait, Who? Nick, Nick Nolte, not not Gary Busey. Nick Nolte. Nick, that, that, that's a my wife reference. My wife always got those two confused. <laughs> um, what I was trying to think, like, what do I know? What do I even know him from? Like I know he's sort of like eight hours, he's twenty four hours, or whatever a, those were. He's a cult yeah, it was classic. Hours. Yeah, but that's a movie from nineteen eighty two. I know that was well, nine years before, good before I was, was born. Was, he's Point Break, man. Come on, right? No, that was no, there. I go. Yep. I'm, now I'm pulling my wife. I'm swapping uh, actors there. That was that I'm was trying abuse. to Cape Fear. He was in Cape yes, Fear. that was which that was, was the year good. I was born. Uh, <laughs> what what was the he? movie he did with the little girl? And I want to say Martin Short was in it. Oh my gosh! Uh, now I gotta stop. That's I. I love the heck out of that movie. Was it like Little Susie or something? Nick Nolte under fire. I'm li- sorry. I'm. I'm just, oh, I reckon I saw him in the. It, I actually know what. Now that I've seen the pictures of him, I remember which character he played in the Spiderwick Chronicles. <laughs> There's one. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, the one who's Nick Nolte is in Zookeeper in 2011. I don't, I don't, I don't remember him in that. But uh, I don't really know him that well. But isn't he sort Thought of like a cult action? His role in that was great. Would you I, just, yeah. would you describe him as like a cult action star follower person, like a John Claude no. Van Damme type, or? Oh, oh no, not at all. Um, how would, how do you describe uh, this? He's kind of like. Man, that's a, that's a hard one to place because uh, like a Woody Harrelson, but no, even Woody Harrelson's more action than Nick Nolte. Um, I mean, I, I, the reason why I always get him and Gary Busey mixed up because Gary Busey and him had they played a lot of the same roles, uh, kind of like cops more af- often than not. Uh, you know, they're working the badge, the FBI agent type. Okay, uh, I gotcha. Tough guy. It, yeah, I mean, I mean, in Tropic Thunder, he it was he played completely. Bat Sith crazy, which was great because it was after he had his nervous breakdown, uh, his 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 lapse into alcohol and stuff. So he took that and kind of rolled with it and kind of relaunched himself because a lot of people were like at that point like, oh man, this guy's done. So I think there are a lot of people that when they see Nick Nolte's cast, if they didn't follow the fact that he was working on making himself better, they're like, whoa, that's kind of out there, right? Like if you're not in touch with that, you'd be really confused as to why they would go there. But he has put out a lot of you know smaller B-rated stuff, uh, stuff that's under the water. Uh, like you you recognized him from the Spiderwick Chronicles. Like I, I totally would have slipped that one i would not have got that at all yeah and i just love that movie um back in high school when i watched it i remember that was a fun time so i, I remember which character just looking at hey fun fact he i didn't know this um i'm pulling this from the um hollywood reporter or uh, from the comic book dot com website uh we have sorry that was the previous story uh nick nolte was originally in the running to play none other than han solo himself in the original star wars 
Oh, really? Yeah. So it's not it, a word. That. It comes full circle as he's now added to the cast of the Mandalorian. Now, I feel like we yeah. need a little jingle or something for the show to like do a quick recap of. I don't know. Maybe if you're li- if you listening to this podcast right now, you may not have this problem that I have. I have this problem where I cannot keep track of which star wars project has which cast person and which director i'm like wait is dave filoni involved with this one or that one or both or is he producing or is and like no um uh quick recap uh the mandalorian executive produced and created by from the mind of director of iron man john favreau and uh has a bunch of cool episode directors mainly the one i care about uh taika waititi who did thor ragnarok I can't wait for that episode. And n- now we know three cast members. It's Nolte, Pedro Pascal, who we know is the lead um, actor. I think we talked about that on the last episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, dude from Game of Thrones. Uh, he, he's basically the uh, the Mandy... What is his last name? The Mandalorian? No, Mandy Pattinson. Pattinson oh, Pat- the Mandy Pattinson. Patankin. That's what, that was close enough. And Gina Carano, uh, F- former... Um, MMA fighter and actress extraordinaire. Uh, those are the ones we knew about so far. That's kind of where we are now. Oh, and set after the fall of the Empire, post Return of the Jedi, pre Force Awakens. So mm-hmm. it's hard to keep track because, like, I can't. I, I legitimately, we think about the Mandalorian. I'm like, I forget. Is that between Empire and Jedi, or is that like I actually lose yeah. track of? Oh, it's easy. It's super easy. There's a lot of different stories set in, in different ends of the spectrum out there. And and to answer my question earlier, it was three fugitives that had Martin Short and the little girl. I was Oh, to gotcha. Me. Gotcha. But it, it was Nolte, yeah. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, it's uh I'm I'm looking forward to it. I think um Mandalorian is probably in in order of what I'm personally most excited about. It's the Return of the Clone Wars. Then episode nine, then the Mandalorian. Those are those would be the, my top three. What are your like top three upcoming projects, books, TV shows? Um, I'm, actually, I'm you know kinda, what? While you think about it for book. a second, Mark. While you think about it, let's just take a brief timeout. You're listening to the Star Wars Report. Bum-bidoo-bidoo. I find your lack of faith disturbing. disturbing. Bow wow wow wow. Don't. Yeah. Uh, I just wanted you to have a chance to collect your thoughts there real quick, sir, because I thought this would be a fun little exercise because there's so much stuff going on in the world of Star Wars that we would just pause, take a breath. Since, you know, there's no imminent movie coming out, so we have a little bit of time to breathe this holiday season um, and talk about what you're most excited about for Star Wars. I kind of gave my top three. Mm-hmm. Uh, what jumps to your mind as far as what is getting Mark Herleman excited these days? You know, I mean, I was going to put Mandalorian number one because I had almost forgotten all about the fact that the Clone Wars is coming back. But (laughs) (laughs) the the Clone Wars coming back is probably the most exciting thing for my fandom right now. Um, I, I, I love Kenobi. I love that era. And with what they're doing with the Jedi, it seems like this is going to be my favorite era overall, you know? I mean, so going back to that for me is like gravy on my potatoes. I can't, Mm. I can't wait for that. So that, and then of course the Mandalorian, uh, everything it promises 
sounds great. I'm looking forward to some references, maybe to uh, the Battle of Malachor. Maybe have some touches. I'm not expecting on heavy touches, but you know, maybe a one reference. or two. Yeah, yeah, a reference. I mean, when you think about you know what Rebels gave us, like there wasn't a lot, but there were some. Yeah, and Rebel- every one of them got people going. As much what? as I critique Rebels. Like the alluded, the, the way they alluded to Star Wars mythology, I I really appreciated the Sith, um, uh, holocron. You know, you know the um, what do they call it? it wasn't a holocron? Was the it presence holocron? that was yeah. in the Sith holocron, like, the it, voice, and 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 even the like the um, the sort of Sith ghost spirits and the um, and Sidious appearing in the temple at the end there. Like a lot of rebels did a really good job with referencing the mythology of Star Wars. I just sometimes think it it came up short when it came to the writing and character development with a few specific characters. We won't get into that. Here's the question. You brought up Mandalorian next. Let me ask you this. Are you more excited for the Mandalorian than you are for uh, episode nine? Absolutely. Because that, that's where I get to my third one. Uh, it's hard for me to say if I'm more excited for the uh, the uh, what's his name? Cassian Andor. Oh, uh, his series. They haven't mentioned what the name of that one is, as far as I'm aware. We know it's a spy centric one, you know, and, and we don't know if it's before or after he becomes a fulcrum agent. But knowing that he is a fulcrum agent, just like Ahsoka Tano, which basically makes them kind of like a double O agent, uh, for the Queen kind of thing going on for the the Rebel Alliance leadership. So I'm excited for that one, and I just I don't know if if I'm more excited for that one than I am Episode Nine because I don't know how much faith I have in J.J. Abrams to wrap up what Ryan Johnson did in Episode Eight. Hmm. I I I. I want to say at the bottom of my heart that I feel like JJ is going to do a great job because I absolutely loved uh, the Force Awakens. You know, JJ did a great job with that. Yeah. I just, I just, man, Ryan Johnson put Star Wars ongoing future story in a place that could go in a multitude of directions that I would like. Yeah. But it also could wrap up a lot of stories that I was hoping to see continue on, and that would be very disappointing for me and my fandom. So, so I've got that, you know, that back era that i can play in so i'm not too say, upset but just to just to clarify mark when you say could wrap up um like storylines that you wanted to see ryan johnson that is do you mean like in the cases that he already has wrapped up like cutting short snoke's theory or shutting down ray's parentage like if if i guess just to specifically ask you if episode nine just sort of leaves the ray's parentage thing alone and just moves on from the stuff from the doors that ryan johnson kind of closed is that so I, what would frustrate you? Maybe a little. There'd be degrees of that one, but that one's not my big hang-up. So, like, like I have a feeling mm. that the Ray's parent thing is going to have been a lie. I, I, I mean, I still, I'm Me kind of banking on that. Way. So, when that comes out, I'm going to digest that, right? I mean, so that one, I, it's not on my I, my distant view of what could be coming down the way. And then the other one uh, with Snoke, like... I'm, I'm honestly, I'm figuring after the movie, if they don't touch that, we're going to get some backstories to fill that in. I, I don't see them leaving that completely mysterious like Yoda. You know, like we never found out what Yoda's species was. The only thing we know about Yoda is there was a Yaddle, and that was about it, right? So I, 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 I don't see that being the case with Snoke. I mean, they could. It'd be one of those things that are just as frustrating about Yoda, but I don't think that they would do that. I think we'll get a story about how he rose to power, how, uh, you know... Uh, What's her name? Uh, Sloan, how she falls from grace or, or disappears or what happens to her? Because last we knew she was in charge, right? So that for me, it hinges on the Jedi. Like I want to see Ray 
bring the Jedi Order back. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like JJ's in that same ballpark. He would do something like that. Now, if it was Ryan Johnson that was going with Episode Nine, I'd be worried that, that the days of the Jedi are done. Mm. But then again, that is my worry. My but worry if, is that like, Jedi they, are going to be wiped out. What if like every single one of the future Jedi uh, generations, if Ryan Johnson had Episode Nine, were Toydarians? Because that's the last thing we would expect. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can just now see the Blu-ray behind the scenes, you know, feature. It's like, well, I was really thinking that you know the last thing that the audience expects and that Ray expects is that all future Jedi have to be Toydarians. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I should, some, I should some stop kind picking. of cosmic force play. We are, out all. yeah, uh, we are due. I gotta say, we're due for a revisit of the Last Jedi. I think maybe on its anniversary, we should th- uh, this month we should do like a commentary and revisit all the things because I've I haven't had a chance to rewatch it recently, and I would very much like to have a conversation about where we are now one year later since we've had some time to digest things mm-hmm. um, in terms of what we liked and what we didn't like both initially and then now that we've had time to chew on it and the sort of fan communities reacted to it stuff. That'd be like a fun thing I think we could do. In well, the, and I think, you know, it's only a matter of time. I mean, when you think about right now, what just launched last week, they're redoing classic scenes from Rogue One, from A New Hope, from... Uh, Return yeah, Jedi. you're talking about this uh, uh, Star Wars Kids channel. Yeah, uh, Star Wars Kids website, YouTube channel, and their new launch series, Galaxy of Adventures. I mean, what better opportunity to go back to The Last Jedi in some of these scenes? Oh, like, that would be interesting. Maybe we can find out why Ray found Chewie. Yeah. Where that happened. Yeah, so, um, yeah, uh, just to piggyback off that, yeah, that's, it's called this new series. But, but So, two announcements. They announced there's a brand new... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, I guess br- it's brand effort, a brand new initiative. There we go. It's a brand new initiative, really, from Lucasfilm and Disney, and that includes launching their very own Star Wars Kids YouTube channel, youtubecom Kids. And Mark, I don't know if you noticed this. This kind of skated by a few of the stories, but it also includes. Uh, I think StarWarsKids.com. I think that's the URL. I might be misquoting yep. it. And yep. also, oh, right. lol.disney.com slash StarWars-Kids. Uh, uh, um, they have their own dedicated website for uh, kid-friendly content in the world of Star Wars, which is interesting because I have thoughts, Mark. Can we... Mm-hmm. Let's... let's park the car here for a second because oh we'll I, th- talk I of- thought we might because i had thoughts too i mean we were we, talking about this in road transmissions and i yeah i didn't want to get too into it because i want to because i yeah exactly i want to talk I, I'm about that weird fan the so, idea so these of things coming my way are weird how <laughs> is 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 wasn't star wars already a kid's franchise why is there this need to have its own sub brand that's explicitly for kids and i have my own theories on it and i know you do too mark and we're going to talk about those theories right after i take a moment to thank everyone who supports the podcast how's that for tease um every single one of you guys supporting this podcast on patreon uh man it makes an enormous difference in keeping this show afloat and keeping us funded for the hosting the equipment costs the ongoing, like the the subscription for all the editing software that we use, like every single bit of that is covered and made possible by you guys directly contributing to the podcast at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. And 
I just we we haven't done it in a while, and I just wanted to do a big goal shout out to our our latest and newest patron, Lara. Uh, Lara, thanks so much for jumping on board. We really appreciate it. If you are interested in supporting the podcast, you can do like Lara did, uh, and just go to Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report. You can even do it on your phone. It's super easy. Uh, Patreon.com/slash Star Wars Report, and you can pick a tier level to. You can chip in a dollar a month, five dollars a month, fifteen dollars a month, whatever you want to do. We have different rewards set up there. Um, at the five dollar level, though, is kind of the sweet spot. That's what we've been doing for a long time for our rogue transmissions. Um, someone was tweeting us about us asking it because we keep talking about it on the podcast so much. But um, yeah, rogue transmissions. We talk about it every week. Uh, it is our weekly uh, pre-show or post-show conversation. It's a little more loosey goosey. Just usually we're warming up, BSing back and forth about our lives, something that came up in the world of Star Wars. Sometimes something that's a little bit more like Star Wars. Uh, what what's the word for it, Mark? High school, PG thirteen, yeah, or uh, PG seventeen, or Star we Wars, or not NC. Yeah, no, we 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 keep things generally more family friendly. Like, but we like, do delve we more had into thoughts the... about what happened to Chuck Wendig recently, oh. <laughs> but it wasn't stuff that we felt yeah, appropriate well, sometimes, to say to the general audience. Well, and we don't know? like to like what what we don't like to 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 scratch our own noses too much when it comes to talking about Star Wars community stuff. Yeah, because like that, that's not yeah. what this show is. But it's we sensitive. Have, I mean, we're all family here. I mean, yeah. even we have crazy uncles and we, we just we, we recognize that and sometimes we do talk about our crazy uncles antics but we kept it in the back room so yes, I mean, kept it in the back room so anyway yeah. but but that you want to walk just, into the speakeasy you're gonna have to drop a coin into the phone booth exactly uh patreon.com slash star wars report a big and especially to a lot of you guys who've been sticking with us for for these many years and supporting us each and every month on patreon we really do really do appreciate it so uh you can uh, check that out patreon.com slash star wars report now mark uh let's let's talk about the star wars kids thing because so let me ask you why do they need why are they launching a separate brand initiative with its own website and its own youtube channel to have content geared towards kids is not star wars already geared Towards kids, what and, say and you? I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback off that question because the other question that that fans like me are thinking is, what is this gonna do for canon? This is gonna cause issues. That was my worry, right? But then, Mark, I'm shocked. I, I watched one. <laughs> They're only a minute. Yeah, long. yeah. And I immediately thought of my kids, and I thought about okay, my nephew's over right now, right? And my nephew is very high energy, very you know. He's doing three things at once. He's got a tablet. And when that tablet runs out, then he's, you know, off the wall. But when he's on that tablet, he's zoned into it. He's, you know, he's doing his thing. Uh, but he likes to watch a lot of videos and stuff. But he likes those Five Nights at Freddy's videos. And he's, like, only, like, seven. Like, right? So, like, kind of a little disturbing. I have no idea what you're talking about. Let me, yeah, I'll, yeah, I have to be creepy. <laughs> it's creepy. You look it up sometimes. But it's, like, short-form YouTube content type stuff? Yeah, kind of, exactly. Like, kind of, uh, and and you know, Five Nights at Freddy's like these animatronic things that hunt people down. It's a video game, and then there's all these little shorts and stuff that sprung out of it. Does he do that but thing where he watches other people daughter, play? She watches uh, the LOL dolls and these videos with people with their hands doing the LOL dolls and stuff. There is no market aimed for kids of that, you know, niche. You look at Resistance, right? And Resistance, the first thing we said is, "Oh, it's out at ten o'clock at night," and they say it's a kids show. That that question of you know is Star Wars aimed at kids? Lucas always said it was aimed at kids. The thing is, is Lucas was brilliant in the aspect of he marketed it at kids, but he made it for everyone. Yeah, and and so we're now in a Disney era where they have to cater to everyone, and Star Wars fans have been used to being catered to at different aspects of the fandom 
for a long time. But the little kids, aside from little toys like the Galactic Hero lines and stuff, there wasn't much in the realm of the cartoon stuff for him. You had the droid cartoons, you had the Ewok cartoons. Uh, I mean, Clone Wars was kind of, but you know, like Jaina liked Clone Wars, but she never loved it as much as Gavin did. And and you stop and you think about Kamino, right? And and you got all those embryos getting blown up and stuff. It could get pretty dark at times. But then you get the uh, uh, the recent one, the uh, Voices or the Destiny. What was that one? The Forces of Destiny, uh, where that one yeah, was yeah. a bunch of little shorts, stuff it focused more on the girls, which gave the girls their thing, right? Because a lot of women really embraced that, which was awesome. It was, again, for everybody, but it was more aimed at featuring towards that niche of our fan base. Now, yeah. again, getting back to that aspect of the kids, and, and as a parent, you know, that's something that is really cool. And I love the marketing statement by James Wad, Lucas's vice president for franchise content and strategy as he tells starwars.com he says with galaxy adventure we wanted to craft something that would allow parents to help their kids take their first step into a much larger world where they're ready to show their kids the films or wanted to find new ways to explore the content and this is something me and nathan were talking about because of you riley because i shown my kids star wars right out the womb like literally the night yeah. they were born i had that playing in the background uh, you know, I mean, it was always there. Whereas you, you got to, it was like this awesome spectacle. It was a great moment. Like it was profound for you. And I felt like I robbed my kids of that. Right. Like I, and that's but, what I was telling Nathan because he was watching. I'm like, dude, you know, you might want to be careful about this. Think about it. Think about the Riley factor. Yeah. Right? You know I mean? Well, that and, was a and Mark, let me, thing. your family did it for everybody. Right. Let me drill down a little bit on what you said a second ago about like the idea of being catered to as the core internet star wars generation has aged but as there are these new niches that um star wars now is trying to get into perfect examples by the way mark um forces of destiny geared more towards young girls um and 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 even the line of toys like that and and, and really uh, the spin-off films the idea of tele lego television <laughs> all the lego properties like different ages different types of content different types of humor and then we get star wars resistance but there's sort of this bit built up animosity on the internet generation of Star Wars fans the the I'm going to say the 30 to 45 year old types um that love the original trilogy have been fans for a long time but uh don't really feel like Star Wars is kind of leaving them behind a little bit with these with a lot a of these new pro- abandoned exactly. I, 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 can, I mean, you identify I'm in with that this. age group, and you're you, not I, I, far does, off. It, does it not <laughs> sound kind of familiar, Mark? As I'm describing it, and mm-hmm. so and then uh, they when they finally do deal with um, the era and the characters that mark your generation that you specifically love so much, Luke Skywalker and the Last Jedi. It left a very sour taste in a lot of that in, in that part of the community's mouth that didn't like the way Luke was handled, didn't like The Last Jedi as a film overall, had all these different problems. We've talked ad nauseum about all the various controversies and opinions people have on The Last Jedi. All of this kind of builds to a... Uh, it builds to this really kind of flashpoint that points to why exactly why I think Star Wars is making the right decision, Lucasfilm's making the right decision to separate this the i guess audiences of star wars out more and 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 to categorize them more and here's here's the here's the real s word segregate them a little more mm-hmm. right and that's what they're doing they're making their own content it's you can look all you have to do is look at what happened with the star wars resistance trailer when it debuted on um the star wars uh, official star wars youtube channel you know, just, oh, a few months ago. 
August what, what 17th. What happened? Let me tell you about it, my friend, because this explains it. It currently, when it was published, it is currently sitting at 13,000 likes. Okay, 13,000 mm-hmm. likes. All right. Preach it, Brother Riley. 150,000 dislikes. Whoa. <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> now, the, now, is that something that you could like sit there and multiply dislike it? No. Or is it a one? That is 150,000 original uh, individuals have disliked Whoa. it. Um, so that's a really, really, really bad ratio. And and like and then I just turn to the comments here, and, like, <laughs> and this is always a dangerous thing to do. Yeah, like the, that is. The it number, is. by the way, the number one uprated comment is 100 dislikes have been deployed with well over a million on the way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, again a prequels reference um <laughs> and then like here's the number two you ready i don't get why everyone's okay. so mad the say, saying these visuals are so bad this is the best rendered ps2 game i've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> but uh, and then all right i'm gonna read this third comment which perfectly illustrates oh. the idea of sort of entitlement or the idea of fans wanting to be catered to and when you know something like star wars resistance comes out this the whole swath of fans who aren't interested instead of being like riley can i is it arrogant of me to use myself as a good example because that's what i would must do but like no, me I, where i, mean, I like yeah. i kind of i was a little salty but i was like yeah this doesn't look like my thing when we first talked about the trailer right so yeah, i didn't watch yeah. it i haven't watched it yet and i'm okay i'm living my life perfectly fine having not seen episodes of star wars resistance right i'm fine i'm not i'm not complaining on the internet i'm not going on twitter and saying at Star Wars, I can't believe this trash you're publishing. You know, I'm not doing that. But no, I'm even just, on Rogue Transmission, you were like, "Oh, it's on YouTube now. I have an opportunity to watch." It. I mean, you're I open to it. I am open to it. Um, but this third comment perfectly illustrates like <laughs> what this this guy. I'll give him credit. Uh, Mangaka zero eight. Look at that, dear Disney. Since you've demonstrated that you have no idea what fans actually want, we'll spell it out for you. I like the fact that he's taking on this responsibility of like speaking for all of the fan community. So you ready for what the fan community wants, Mark? I, I, I'm curious what I need. All right. A Darth Maul movie. A Darth okay. Revan or KOTOR movie. New sequels to be rebooted and done properly. Uh, no. The work on Star Wars thirteen thirteen to be restarted and completed. Knights of the Old Republic okay. three. <laughs> Listen, wait for it. Okay. Star Wars Episode One Racer VR. <laughs> that That's what the be- entire fan well, community is clamoring for. An Obi Wan movie, and mo- most most importantly, we want you to act like you actually care about the franchise and its fans, and treat them with respect, uh, and more than contempt uh, by uh, by throwing insults uh, their way. Now. That's where it gets real. But so again, it's that idea of you want people want to be catered to, right? We, yeah. And 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 by and listen, Lucasfilm hasn't helped it sometimes, especially with some personalities publicly having a very snarky and derogatory tone when they talk about elements of fandom. And by the way, right, elements of fandom that are often legitimately awful, right? But mm-hmm. nevertheless, I'm not negating that fact. But the fact yeah. is, is that when Lucasfilm personalities are jumping into the mud with everything it contributes to this sort of thing where people feel like uh they don't care about fans and don't treat them ostracized yeah so i'm saying all that to say is that this case study right here of the react the youtube star wars community because again remember that's not representative of the whole star wars community but the youtube part of the star wars community is 
um, is reacting to this trailer this way and just crapping on it. So they're creating their own separate YouTube channel and separate things where it's going to be a much more positive environment because you don't want your seven-year-old who's excited to watch some you know little Star Wars cartoons on YouTube to be sifting through all the salty Last Jedi haters, right? <laughs> you don't want right. that. So I don't blame them at all for doing that. And you're probably it. still going to see some, but yeah, I'm and I'm with you on there. Yeah. Um, so that's where I am. Mark, thoughts? <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I, so... I mean, you had so many things, and they were all just right there. And then I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was uh, quite a rant. One thing, I was the, really the going second on. thing that he said is about rebooting the films, right? Like that to me, I feel like that that's what's going to keep them from catering to what I would like to see. Because I feel like eventually the the segregation angle of what they're doing makes sense. And I've always felt like if they were to continue in book form the legend storyline. You would give the people that are complaining and clamoring for that, they're out. Like, here you go. But the problem is, is when you got people that are commenting like that and, and demanding that it has to be this way and then we have to change it, it if you make any kind of concession to the legend storyline by letting the stories continue, it almost feels like it's a win for them. So I feel like that they're like, they keep getting those comments. They're like, well, we can't do it quite yet. If they just back off a little bit, we could do it, but we don't want them to feel like they're winning and then just double down on their harassment. So, yeah. you know, like there's times where I feel like the energy is being wasted in some of those types of comments. Cause I've always felt like after episode nine that they might come back to that. I mean, to me, it makes sense to disarm that, that group. Like, you know, I mean, I'm not one that gets so angry that I'm I'm lashing out at other people, but it does make me angry that I'm never going to get to know more about Jaina Solo. I'm never going to know if Ben Solo or Ben Skywalker is the father of, of Cole and Nat or if he's the grandfather of Cole and Nat. I mean, there were stories that we were eventually going to get, and and we were invested in that. And so I do understand the feeling of being felt left behind as the new stuff comes out and they want to market that new stuff. And they're like, we don't want to touch that old stuff with a 10 foot pole. And you're like, but you know, five, six years ago, we were rah, 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 that old stuff. Everybody buy the old stuff, you know, you, and then you start to feel bitter, you know, you just like, cause it's that aspect of something you love died. You're going through the stages of grief. So on one hand, I'm like, man, down the road, they could do it. I mean, you know, and, and them breaking away the kids the way they're doing, yeah. and giving the kids something, giving the, the you know the girls something that's more for them, giving the Mandalorian fans something for them, uh, you know, as they continue to do that, I think it's a no-brainer that eventually we'll get there, but how long that will be is the question, and unfortunately for for people like me, it's like how bitter will we be by the time we mm, get there? Yeah, and that's where I'm like, that's where I feel like Disney is is dropping the ball because they could have offered that olive branch at any point. I mean, even just a couple days ago, we got another short story from the. The Old Republic website, it was done like a, a data journal entry from one of the Sith Lords, but we got more story content again. Oh, interesting. So we got like two or three more stories. Again, the, the, the Old Republic MMO has kept the Legend storyline going through online hmm. short stories, but you don't hear about that anywhere. StarWars.com is not reporting on that. Yeah. And that that is, that is the aspect well, for the fans that aren't bitter that were like, come on, why well, not? You loved it once too. They've, here's, they've, Mark... You ready for some sad? They've moved on. They have. They so, have. Lucasfilm's moved on. Like that's that's why like the Star Wars kids announcement, you know, front and center on StarWars.com, all over social media. It's a big deal. And also, by the way, uh, it's kind of a part of Disney's broader. Disney has lol.disney.com, so now they have like 
lol.disney.com slash Star Wars now. And and it's you like said that I thought there was LOL dolls and I was like, oh, my God, no. my six year old's going to flip out. <laughs> no, but like they have a bunch of games and coloring and kid friendly content uh, for younger kids. So it's it fits into the larger Disney uh, umbrella that they would do this with Star Wars. But yeah, no, Mark, you're right. It's it's Have just not their priority. Have you seen any videos yet from the, the new uh, Galaxy of Adventures? Should I, I, should I watch one? They're like a minute That's long. That's the Darth Vader one, okay? Okay, and, and, Darth and Vader As we one. go into this, I'm going to say I've watched Darth three Vader, of them Might so of the far. Empire, right? Published. Uh, maybe it's that. Yeah, two day, published two days ago right here on Star Wars Kids channel. I'm going to take a, a wa listen and watch, and I'll we'll talk over it too. Um... Like I kind of talk about, it's it's Darth Vader coming in off the Imperial shuttle. In the galaxy of adventures, Darth Vader commands the might of the Empire. What? Oh, so what was that, Mark? That's not the one I was hoping you'd see. Oh, uh, okay. Yes, because that's more of a descriptor one. Is oh, hang on. The power of the dark side. That's got to be it. That, that's the. Oh yes, the opening shot from A New Hope, uh, where Vader's about to appear, appear, but in this again, pretty cool like two D animated style. Or is this from Rogue One? Oh, it's Rogue One. Yeah, it's the Rogue One. one. Yeah, yeah. Holy cow! Yep, it's literally the Rogue One massacre scene. <laughs> what? What? Right? With the whole like, does he split the guy? Does he cut the guy above him? Oh, they cut that part out, I think. No, they didn't. It's happening. It's choking the dude out. Toss him against the end. They did cut out the part where he's... In the Star Wars galaxy, every day can be an adventure. Every day can be an adventure. So, so you know, this like is, I said, there's that side of me that's the canon guy. That's like, is this going to screw up anything canon? This is great. Yeah, no. I mean, this is hey, like Mark, the Lego Can Fumbakers, I say something right? real quick? I'm proud of you for being excited about this and putting aside the <laughs> canon thing. And you're doing it because of the, your kids, I know. Like, how excited mm -hmm. they would be to see this kind of thing. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, and that's that's what's great. I mean, you see the R2 one, and it's it's when he gets the information from Leia. And, like, the only thing they really add is, like, you see 3PO come up to him for a second, like, right as he's leaving Leia. And then you see them, like, as they're about to enter the shuttle, and Vader walks by him. You're like, oh! But they're all short. They're only a minute long. I mean, these are brilliant for the tablet-friendly children. I mean, my yeah. nephews, my nieces, my kids. This, this is awesome. And I'm glad that they're doing something like that. You know what? Star Wars for the iPad generation. Wait, it sounds mm. worse when I say it that way. But you get the <laughs> idea. You get the idea. Yeah, no, I. you know what? I agree. And I think, man, I didn't realize we had that much juice in the conversation on on, on, on the Star Wars generational thing. But, man, it That's is... because you underestimate my power. Uh, under, yeah, uh, but let's not um, underestimate the power of Boba's bounty. It's worth a lot to me. <laughs> As you wish. Uh, all right, that's right. Every week we like to talk about something we did or experienced or watched or read in Star Wars, just our everyday Star Wars fandom. And uh, this is our chance to highlight a moment. Uh, you know what, Mark? Mm -hmm. I'm going to have you start us off this week. You know why? 
<laughs> I bet you do. I have, I have some theories. Because <laughs> <laughs> literally on the last episode, I was like, I got distracted and I, and I was on a hard out and, and was running out of time. So I forgot I, I, to, to, to let you do yours. I'm that's, sorry. That's because I started talking about Legos. You got me on a tangent. I, I did. Like, I got you on the tangent. It was my fault. And my brain was like, oh, Legos, this must be what he's talking about. When I realized you very much <laughs> hadn't said that was your thing. And I also got called out on Twitter, which is fair. I definitely forgot. <laughs> I, I love I love so, the reactions Bruce put back in reply. It was great. Yeah. So uh, so, your so for my one from last week or two weeks ago, because uh, we didn't actually have an episode last week because of all the different things we had going on, uh, was I got put in charge of the Klondike for our district, and I have no idea what I'm doing. Klondike uh, uh, Boy Scouts uh, event, right? Yeah, Scouts event. This is the Scouts in the Snow. And typically, this would be they'd be camping in the snow, uh, building tents or shelters in the snow. Yeah, but Slice we haven't open had one ton, ton, sleeping years. inside them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm immediately going there, right? Like, I'm like Imperial Run. Uh, you know, like, how can we take and, and make this? Because I get to design the patch. And I'm like, no brainer. ATATs walking across Oz. Like, so I've got to find a way to make this happen. So I'm immediately thinking, like, Imperial Run, like, like you know, you're doing the K10. Like, you're escaping. The rebels are fleeing the backside of the base. And what you didn't know is there was like a, a forest on the other side. And you got to escape the Empire. So all the events are going to be, at least this is what I've so far rough drafted in my mind, that they're going to be running from station to station. Oh, you know, one of your troopers got shot by an Imperial. You got to bandage him up and get him on the sled. You know, and then you got to get, you know, at some point they're going to stop and eat because they're, you know, they got to have their rations. And the last thing they got to do is, uh, I, I saw this one because I've, I've been looking up all these different Klondike events because I can only have so many because we're not doing a full three days. We're just doing a one day event. Mm. So the last one was uh, uh, hoist your sled. And it was called Toxic Sludge. It was like, oh, damn, up the way, broke, and it's dumping toxic sludge. So I'm like, okay, the Empire is going to dump a bunch of to toxic you know, sludge your way to flush you out. So you got to get your gear up kind of thing, and that will be the last thing that they do. But I was thinking, like, if I do all this with a Star Wars theme, it would justify getting the patch, and, and, and I'm just a patch nut. Like, that, that's what it's all about. Like, I, I, mm. I volunteered for all this so I could have an opportunity to do the patch. I'm pretty sure deep down in my sub-psyche that that's what happened because <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing whatsoever here. <laughs> I'm like, i got three months to do this, and I've never done it. I've never been to one. I have no idea what I'm doing. Luckily, there's a lot of resources online, so I'm like, yeah. And then once I started thinking about it, it was literally this morning. I woke up before the show and I was thinking about stuff, and I was like, "I could do this easy. Just make an imperial run. Heck yeah!" Mm. So then for this week, we uh, set up all our Christmas stuff and we got the tree out and stuff. And last year, all the family keepsake ornaments we couldn't find, and so I made sure, you know, when we when I did find them, I made sure they were all put up right. So this year we're unloading everything, and I'm like, "Where are all the Star Wars ornaments? I can't find any of my Star Wars ornaments." So. I, all I found was like a wood TIE fighter and a wood X-Wing that my, my daughter bought for me like three Christmases ago. So that's up there. But I'm like, where are the rest of them? And then when I sat down today to record, uh -huh. I'm looking underneath yeah. my Ewok village and they're all displayed in the corner. I'm like, oh, that's right. I, I didn't want to have what happened last year happen. <laughs> so yeah, I felt I felt like a donkey. I was like, <laughs> I was flipping out about it. Who didn't put them up? Who didn't put them in the box? They probably got thrown away. Oh yeah. One of those great moments. You, you'll learn about it down the road. Like you might have a few of those with your friends, but when you screw up like that with a the family, they never forget. <laughs> mm. Yeah, no, it happens. It happens. So I let most Star Wars the element that you think will be in, of this event. What's the most Star Wars thing? Because you got the patch. Mm. Hmm. Mm. For the love of God, please tell me that you're gonna like do dig trenches and reenact the Battle of Hoth. We we should do a tauntaun thing. You know, like like yeah. I, I should make them instead of I should do like a, a, a first aid station 
mm. where you got to do the the body carry. But it'd be like, well, the only thing available to you is this dead tauntaun. <laughs> jeez, that's got morbid really fast. <laughs> oh, well, jeez. This, this isn't the first time I've done that. I had a station at a, at a spring camporee, and it was supposed to be like the, there were logs that were set out, and they were like, we, we just set out the logs, and you tell them like they're crossing the river and they can't touch the water. And I'm like, oh, okay, this is easy. So when the first scouts get there, and I'm like, welcome to Mustafar, where did I come to die? You have to cross this river lava, and there are only these rocks in front of you. Like, mm. oh my god, everyone was going off about my station. They're like, it was so cool, man. We went to yeah. Mustafar, we were jumping from rock to rock, and there were Jedi everywhere. Like, <laughs> nice, nice. They're like, what were you doing down there? I was using my imagination. Imagination. Hey, uh, uh, so I have maybe not as involved a Boba's Bounty this week, but it happened this morning. Oh. Recording this on a Sunday afternoon. A fresh, Boba. Uh, a fr- a fresh bounty. Uh, spicy. Fresh pelt. Um, I was at church this morning, as I want to do from time to time on Sunday mornings, and but I was volunteering helping out the production team at my local church. Now, what this involves doing is I was r- running a camera operations, and I'd like to describe to you what I was doing, Mark, and you tell me to stop the story and tell me exactly what it reminds you of in Star Wars as soon as you recognize it, okay? Mm-hmm. So, I, uh, I'm, I'm assigned to operate a camera, so I walk over to the, the booth where it's up on a tripod, and I walk up some steps and sit down into a chair. Oh, at, at which point I then sit and look through the monitor and uh, through the camera monitor and I place my hands on two protruding rods that uh, protrude down and slightly left and right of the this, camera. This is like, like a big studio style camera. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. As you see like on Seinfeld or Friends. Exactly. Right? So I'm, oh, okay, I'm okay. gripping the camera with my left and right hand out on either side. And then I, when, I, when I move the camera, I aim it. Back and forth. Okay, okay. Now, 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 does your seat move with it, or is the camera only moving right now? So the seat definitely moves with the camera. <laughs> oh my! So you know exactly what this. Is. Oh, you're having fun with this. Millennium Falcon, my friend. Did did you get any of the actual production, or were you just all over the place, like you're going? Through I was just an like whoop whoop. Now, to be fair, the ca- <laughs> it doesn't move exactly with the camera because it's just a swivel chair to move as you need it to move. But it's close enough to being in the freaking Millennium Falcon as you're like holding. Like the placement of the hands is literally almost exactly the same as the gun turret on the Millennium Falcon. So 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 did you feel like Luke Han or uh, Tobias? I'm more like a Han Solo. I because like <laughs> I, I once I centered that nice shot on the pastor as he's starting the sermon and as everything's perfectly framed i'm just like yeah no i'm not <laughs> i you know and it might me and my dad finally we were watching solo the other day and he's like how come no one's taking the lower turret and i'm like, i don't even know even when even when tobias lost the top turret why didn't he go down to the bottom there was two <laughs> maybe maybe it didn't have the other turret yet who knows? I, I don't know. I, I thought I saw one. But maybe oh, maybe it did. I, don't, I didn't watch. I didn't watch it that closely. But uh, yeah, that was uh, I had a great grand old time uh, doing a little bit of Millennium Falcon style Millennium Falcon style production on uh, a church camera. But we all have those things where we just get into the middle of a freaking random life situation like, oh, yeah, Star Wars. It happens all the time. Hey, guys, that's going to wrap up this episode of the Star Wars Report podcast. I can't believe it's already over, but it is. It's that time of the year. Hey, it's also this time of year. Oh, wait, it would be this time of year if my uh, uh, computer worked. There it is. It's time to break out the Christmas in the Stars album. Oh, there you are. Well, 
you come over here, you'll find a wonderful surprise. You'll have to plug into the central computer to hear what it is. That's oh, right. ah. No, it's not a phase vector. It's your Christmas present. A Merry Christmas! That's right, folks. Woo-hoo. Another episode of the Star Report. You listen, I am. Was it a ham-fisted transition? Just to have an excuse to play R2-D2, we wish you a Merry Christmas. Yes, it was. But... R2 likes it. Now I can tell you, hey, stay in touch with the show. Uh, number one way, hey, support us over at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. Uh, and also, if uh, if that's not something you're able to do, no worries. We appreciate you just listening each and every week. You can always uh, share the show with a friend and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Especially if you're using the Apple Podcast app. You just log in right there on the app. Leave us a star rating and review. We always appreciate it. Oh, and hey, I almost forgot. Let's, I almost rolled right by as I was doing the credits. Uh, email. You can email us, starwarsreport at gmail.com. I'm going to take a brief pause on the music here and read uh, our email from Matt Marks from a couple of weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> says, uh, Riley, I like you get a little sad. This is, he's emailing about when we were talking about the, the Hamill situation and the idea of, of Luke's character. And, 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 and um, yeah, uh, Matt emails. He says, I, I like you uh, get a little sad when I see Mark Hamill saying such negative things about Luke. I realized I can sum up what happened, what's happening like this. Luke Skywalker was a hero, so positive and full of hope. But then one bad thing happened, and he turned away from all that, and he became grumpy and sarcastic. That's totally unrealistic, said Mark Hamill, who, after seeing the character of Luke go in a different direction than he expected, became grumpy and sarcastic. So, <laughs> See, I don't think life. Hamill was, was grumpy and sarcastic about it, though. I just think he was disappointed. He does. He was. He was grumpy in a couple times, though. He was. I think uh, more to the point, it was uh, Matt pointing out that sometimes life does <laughs> imitate art a little bit. Right. It happens. <laughs> we'll, we'll re- seriously, we're gonna we got to revisit uh, the whole Last Jedi thing very soon. Uh, that's the thing that needs to happen. Uh, but hey, yeah, hey, email Riley, us. Mm-hmm. Really quick before you go, though, the force is strong with this one. Toby Wan Kenobi on November 28th said, you guys are amazing. I started listening about six months ago, and now I listen every day. You guys have kept my fandom intact this long wait for episode nine. You have inspired me to take my own Star Wars podcast, which I will begin publishing early 2019. Keep up the good what? work. And congratulations no to way. you. No way. Toby, yeah, send us a link, too, when you do uh, when you get that launched, and we'll plug it for you. Absolutely. I, I love that. That's awesome, as always. Um, and hey, yeah, we appreciate everyone. iTunes reviews, the Patreon supporters, you guys, uh, emailers, all, just really appreciate it. Uh, you can also stay in touch. Social media is super easy. It's just at Star Wars Report. And then, of course, I'm at the Riley Guy. And uh, Mark is at Illogical Rogue 2 across all of our social media accounts. Uh, until next time, may the Force be with you. And many Bothans died. Wish you a Merry Christmas. Pow, pow. Many Bothans died for you. Oh, many Bothans died. They were recording a podcast. I'm being an idiot.
That's a show, folks. That's a show. Thank you for writing Star Tours. Bye bye. Oh, I like that. You started it off this time. A little, a little <laughs> change up. I like it. Let me stop the recording here. Good job. Go team.